joined by Keenan, joined by Tim Gray. What's up, fellas? Tim, you go. Doing pretty well. Interesting. Just all kinds of nodding. I'm excited to talk about it. Yep. I cannot wait to talk about it. The Nodding Brothers Podcast. This was my favorite week. The The Nodding Brothers Podcast. The Bobblehead Podcast. That's exactly what it is. Uh, This was a wild week. This was an insane week. Um, It's been my favorite week. And I didn't even, I thought it was going to be pretty chalk. But as we know, the NFL is anything but chalk. You can't, however you think it's going to go, it's not going to go that way. And uh, I think we can all agree week three was all that. And then some, we even got some, uh, like Taylor Swift seems to be the talk of, uh, of Sunday, even though there yeah. was a team that scored 70 points, even though we had some crazy <laughs> upsets, even though we had some, some terrible refing uh, in multiple games, Taylor Swift seems to be the talk. So I'm sure we'll get to that in much else. Keenan, Tim, where would you like to well, start? We'll, we'll start with Tim. Tim, you're the guest. Where would you like to start today? Before Tim goes, I just want to say, in fairness, Taylor Swift is the bit like probably you could argue right now the biggest superstar overall. I'd say the second biggest superstar in the entire world. So makes sense why she's talk of conversation. Taylor Swift had more coverage in that game than the Bears did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Bears are awful. They are just yeah, they're pretty bad. All right, Tim, we start where you want to start, and where is that? Whatever, uh, like the game prep, like you wanted me to prepare for. I'm ready to go. No, but what game do you want to start with? You choose. First one, I'll just go primetime last night Steelers Raiders. Um, My biggest takeaway watching this game, watch this whole game, and a little confused. Three and a half minutes left. They're down eight, and they decide they're going to kick a field goal. And then they got Mm -hmm. the, the leveraging penalty. Then they chew another minute and a half off the clock and then kick the field goal again. <laughs> yeah. After that, it's like you don't have time anymore to kick this field goal. You have to go for this touchdown. You have two minutes. Yep. They're getting the ball back. And your defense hasn't been as – like it was a pretty defensive match, but I'm not convinced that my defense is going to go out there and stop them and not get let them get one first down. It was. I thought that was the bad move. At that point, you got two minutes left. You got to score, and you got to go for two. If you don't get it, then you hope to get that that field goal. But I don't know. That's my and biggest takeaway. It's confusing. This is a team that also went for it on fourth and inches, and then threw like a bomb to Devonte Adams mm-hmm. earlier in the game yeah. to break <laughs> it open. Obviously, seven nothing. So, so like when you couple that, like oh, I'm not gonna go for it here, but then I'm gonna go for it here, like early in the game when you possibly when you could have done something different i mean i'm fine with the go i'm fine with them going for on fourth and inches anyway that i had no problem with that but you're completely correct i don't i don't i don't understand why you don't go for it because even if that's the case like what people what it doesn't make sense is it's still one possession game i understand you would have had to go into overtime but if you are fearful again or you believe in your defense if you don't get it, your defense still has time and you still are on one possession game. I get you go to overtime and instead you wanted to ice it. But like, regardless, you would have needed a touchdown to win the game regardless. Yeah, so exactly. It wasn't like the field goal gives you, wasn't like you were down five already. You kick the field goal and then you have a chance to win it with the field goal. You were down eight. So you're going to five. So you need a, you need to get in the end zone regardless of if you need the two point conversion or not. I would have kicked it. I'm not saying I would have not kicked it. I would have gone for it because I felt they couldn't card Devonte all night. 
my only other thought was just decline the penalty and take the three points and give them the ball with three and a half minutes left. But obviously mm-hmm. at that point, you're going to take the first down and try to get another touchdown. But once you've yeah. committed to chewing that much time off the clock and giving them the ball back with two minutes, you got to go for it. You cannot kick at yeah. that point. You, you need to go for it. I that. agree. I agree. Yeah, that was an ugly game. It was a weird game. Uh, it was equal parts boring and entertaining. But, I mean, you kind of alluded to it, Tim, the leaping call. There were some shaky-ass calls on that last drive, uh, that helmet-to-helmet on Jimmy G. Uh, then the leaping where they pointed it out on the replay. They pointed it out on the replay. They're like, yeah, you can see his hand. And they showed, like, three different angles. And I didn't – I couldn't – like, nothing looked off to me. So I don't I don't really know what the hell was going on there. Um, I'm in the minority where I don't usually mind that field goal down eight if there's – what there was at the time, like three and a half minutes left. I actually don't mind that because I think you do have some breathing room with the defense. It comes down to whether you trust your defense or not, right? Uh, but after that, after you get the penalty and you're inside the 10, you know, and you, like Tim said, you're chewing up clock, you got to go take the points after that. For them to mm-hmm. kick the field goal after that was just a joke, and that was, mm-hmm. like we saw on Sunday, plenty of times over and over across all these games, there was shaky coaching all over. And that was, you know, that's an example of why maybe McDaniels did not have a good first tenure with the Broncos there. There was just questionable decisions all over. They should have lost that game, you know, 10 different ways, really. Uh, so, I mean, the right team ended up losing. But, yeah, I don't really understand the second field goal, especially. The first one I could have rocked with. It probably wouldn't have went in their favor first the way fine. the game was going. But the second one, absolutely. You're that close. Just <laughs> score the points. And you got a good offense. Like, you know, you got Devontae. you got Josh Jacobs. Jimmy can at least get that done. You know what I mean? So it was Jacoby puzzling. was getting loose mm-hmm. in the fourth. Jacoby looks great. Jacoby looks great. Yeah, I really wish the Pats would have kept him. I very much wish the Pats would have kept him. And who knows? We'll see later on. Like, but we got Jacoby. Don't worry, you got Juju. For the same contract. (laughs) Right? And Juju might be okay. I mean, he started slow with the Chiefs last year. He really did, but you know, time will tell. But Jacoby looks great. We already had Jacoby established. I agree. I agree. Established in our offense. (laughs) I agree. I've been saying for three years Jacoby's a problem and is a true true threat out there, but for sure. No, yeah. Weird. I know you've said, I mean, we I only had I didn't say he was a problem with that. I just had a problem with Cooper Cup in the conversation with Jacoby. You just you just asked That's me. Just me. Look, all you asked me was if he was if he could do what Cooper Cup does. A part of me still believes that. Like, ain't like Cooper Cup is a first ballot Hall of Famer here. He's got that one season going away, no, and after that, he's been pretty great. He, he had a top three NFL season of all time. Top two as <laughs> a wide receiver. Top two. Uh, well, I'm just saying, like, overall, you could put a Jerry season, Calvin Johnson season, or Randy Moss's 22 uh, touch, uh, touchdown breaking season, that one. Like, that's, like, your short order list of best seasons as a wide receiver ever. I don't know Jacoby does that, but that's okay. Maybe we'll not, but I'm saying Cooper's career. Cooper's career is pretty pro bullish to borderline pro bullish outside of that. And even some less than that. Um, his career. It's not like he's been elite, elite his entire career, which was, I think was my point at the time. 
No, he had been, doesn't say he had uh, 1,100 yards four years ago, then 974. I think he got injured that year. Then it was 1947. And then last year it was 812 in like nine games. Which is very much in the Jacoby. He just, he had developed in. I'm not sure if Jacoby has even gotten to that, but you know what? I did not expect. I was going to say, I did not expect to be talking about Jacoby Myers here, but that's okay. (laughs) That's fine with me. He does look Uh, good. We can move on from it. Jacoby had 866 as max. As his max year is 866. So, but yeah, my other other takeaway from this game on the Pittsburgh side was Jalen Warren does give them a little bit of a punch. Uh, George Pickens is very nice. I think he definitely has... He has like up and coming potential to him for sure to maybe be in that top 10 one day. Obviously right now he's not, there's so many good wide receivers, but he has that kind of potential with his catch radius, his run after the catch ability. So, and he showed that in the game as well. And then this game was exactly what I thought it was going to be. I had, I had the game 22 to 17. It was 23 to 18 Steelers. I, it was exactly the game that I thought it was going to be. So it did not shock me in the slightest. Um, Tim, do you have a, do anyone have more points on this game or do we want to move to any of the four o'clock, one o'clock slates? Um, Tim picked the first one. So Kyle, you pick the next and I'll pick the next game we talk about. Well, I know you want to talk Broncos dolphins, so we can go ahead and talk about the Cowboys. Because that was a shit show in itself. Kyle, so what do you have to say about, about the Cowboys? A few things. I just, I thought the coaching was absolutely terrible. Like, I was beside myself watching Mike McCarthy. Uh, mm-hmm. They were down, what, 12, I believe they're down. And they're driving. Like, clearly Arizona had control of the game at one point. Clearly Dallas started off by taking them lightly. And then Dallas started playing their game. They gained some momentum. They were moving the ball. Uh, it's the end of the third quarter. They're down, again, I think 10 or 12. I can't remember the score. But a field goal would have made it a one-score game. And it's fourth and four. And Mike McCarthy says, why would we need yep. points when we're inside the 20? Let's go for it. You know, <laughs> like, why kick the field goal and make it easier on us? Let's go ahead and just risk it. He does. They obviously don't convert. Uh, the Cardinals do what they do. And I think the Cowboys get the ball back, go down. They're driving. They're actually going to make it interesting. And what happens, of course, is Dak throws the pick. And that yep. pick wouldn't have even mattered had Mike McCarthy just took the points the first time. But, no, they got greedy. And then not only that, when Dak throws the pick, they're, like, inside the 10, chewing up all kinds of clock. Like, we talked about McDaniels chewing up the clock. Yeah, McCarthy chewed up at least two and a half minutes, maybe not more. Just to so get like from the five straight to the five. Runs I was like fucking screaming at the TV. Maybe <laughs> I had money on that game. Maybe. But I was just, I was beside myself. I was absolutely beside myself. And um, look, as a Pats fan facing the Cowboys next week, I feel a little bit better just seeing how light they could take it. I thought maybe they had grown up a little bit and would just get past the Cardinals. And not only that, sure, they're playing with their food a little bit, whatever. But then for them to go, Ford on fourth there when they could have just made it an easy game. Like they were really not having trouble with the Cardinals after that. Once they started to gain momentum and get on their shit and then, Oh, let's fuck around and go for it on fourth and four. I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, 
aside from that, I mean, look, I will say this about the Cardinals. They do move the ball effectively on offense on occasion. James Conner can mm-hmm. still rush it. Their line looks decent. Um, and as I said against the Giants, Dobbs just looks very comfortable in the offense. So if you give him time, he's going to do okay. And, uh, you know, they protect him well. He's playing like he's Michael got nothing to part. lose. Exactly. And I think this Cardinals team is better than we all thought as far as just, like, I think we all thought they were going to be a shit show, and they're not that, you know? Um, yeah. So that was my takeaway. The coaching was they just played hard in all three games. Yeah. And, uh, look, they're – it's not really going to take away much from the Cowboys, especially if the Eagles lose tonight. But if the Eagles don't, this could mm-hmm. be the game that separates, you know, home field advantage in one round, maybe two, because, I mean, the Niners just aren't losing a game like that. I don't believe that Eagles, especially three weeks from now, are losing a game like that. The Cowboys now, as we see, they're a threat to lose that type of game anytime because that's in their DNA anyway. And, again, I thought they had grown up, thought they would just stop fucking around and, you know. That's not what happened yesterday. Uh, I actually have a question about the Cowboys, but we can save that for later. It doesn't have to be for now. Um, Timmy, did you want to go next, or do you want me to pile uh, on this? I'll calendar? just uh, I'll say something quickly for you. Um, no I think the Eagles lost two very good coaches, and one of them was to the Cardinals. The other one was to the Colts. But all yep. both those teams look like they could win almost any game. Colts had a bad week one. Other than that, they they're playing hard. They're in most games, and they look like they didn't have really a bad week one. Yeah, too. I mean, like they were in the game with the Jags late. It just Jags pulled away at the end, right? But yeah, no, you're right, hundred so percent. I think they got two of the best coaches that they possibly could have filled those positions with. So I I, I think both those franchises look like they're in pretty good shape. Even if the Cardinals do end up this being their only one win of the year, I think that they're in a pretty good spot going forward. They've already shown right now that they're going to play for the coach. They've already shown right now that they have fight in them. You get yourself that you see that as Drake May. You see that as Caleb Williams. You see that as Bo Nix Sanders. If he does come out this year, if he stays next year, like you see that as a quarterback and you're like, okay, I can go to that franchise. You maybe look at the bears who we might talk about later. And you're like, Oh, I don't know if I really care to go there. (laughs) Not that you won't change it, or not that you don't feel like you can change it because you're that good of a quarterback, but like you look at that organization, like I don't really know about that. The Cardinals at least are playing hard, and they're in games. They've been they've had a fourth quarter lead in all three games. Obviously, they're one and two, but fourth quarter lead in all three games. So kudos to them. Cowboys wise, real quick, yeah, go on. This is it. I get in there. This is it. This is the start of the avalanche. I've been <laughs> marking it. This is it. They lost Trayvon Diggs. The next yep. couple days, they lose a really bad game. This is it. Yep. This is where it goes. <laughs> so the, the thing is with this is um, playing New England next week. I'm going to kind of we, – we'll talk about this game more so when we do our predictions. But I just wanted to say the formula the Cardinals had were running the ball well, not turning it over making Micah more of a run stopper than a pass rusher to make him so he doesn't just uh, doesn't just get a full head of steam every single play. You run at him, not away from him. Obviously, they have to play more zone, not as much man coverage because you don't have digs there. Looks like a formula the Patriots can do. They can run the ball. They play physical. They limit turnovers. Make plays 
I don't know. Have good defense. Not Just only saying. that. Um, regardless, I don't know. Not only. Uh, not only that. Go on. Thing with the Cowboys. Uh, on that fourth and four, it was pretty obvious what they're doing because they have no power option. Uh, I can't. Everybody, like everyone on the Cowboys or Cowboys fans last year, like yeah, you know Zeke's. Everyone couldn't get wait to get rid of Zeke, but like, that's a good power option that you're gonna need in these you know December January games or in that fourth and four situation. They have no red zone option at all, uh, which is something Philly and the 49ers don't have an issue with. Uh, so Dallas is very much a finesse team. So I could very well, obviously, like you said, we're gonna talk about Pats, Cowboys, and everyone else on Thursday. But you know, there's a world, of course, where the Cowboys are just like whatever, we're getting back to our bullshit and we're going to just, you know, Micah gets to the quarterback a million times next week, whatever. But Mm -hmm. like you said, the Patriots have the formula and the fact that they're a finesse team and really have no run option and the Patriots can really stop whatever (laughs) kind of offense you throw at them with this defense. The defense is so versatile. Um, I think it makes it very much an intriguing matchup and Dallas is banged up on the offensive line. So we'll see. But the fact that they don't have that yeah. power back option and didn't want to address it in the offseason, it's going to come back to haunt them at some point. And that was my number one thing fantasy-wise with Tony Pollard was uh, never more than 193, I want to say, carries in a season, maybe even less than that throughout college. And I, he might have in high school, but I couldn't see. But like Tony Pollard <clears throat> had never gotten that kind of workload, and he's not that kind of back. Which is why when I always talked to Joe DeZazzle before, he was like, I think Tony Pollard's better than Zeke. I was like, I think Zeke Zeke served more of a per- – like three years ago, I used to say that Zeke was a little better, even though Pollard was more explosive, because he served a purpose. Kind of like Derrick Henry the same way. He leans on the defense. A three-yard run becomes a five-yard run because he lays that shoulder into you, and that in the fourth quarter becomes a 10-yard run because people are tired on the line. People are, Linebackers are not as eager to hit the hole. It's the same thing – Late with the Cowboys last year, clearly Pollard right now is the more explosive and better running back than Zeke. But Zeke on third and one, as you say, he's going to put his head down. He's going to run, and he's not will, he's not afraid of getting contact. And that goes a long way. That makes – you know how they – like obviously on fourth and four, maybe that makes your third down plays different because you're like, okay, you know what, I don't – if it's third and seven – and you know you're going for it on fourth, you're not afraid to hand it off because you know you can get three or four yards to then get a fourth and three rather than a fourth and seven. So you're right. That power game is going to definitely hurt them at some point, I feel, unless they just blow teams out of the water. And so we'll we'll see. We'll see how the Cowboys are going to do. Oh, man, they just love to disappoint people. Like, I love it. They've already the way, lost Ira this Joe- year. <laughs> that doesn't take much. Does not take much. By the way, Joe Burrow is officially active. Just want to let you guys know that notification just came across. So it's officially I like active. that. For we'll my talk T-Higgins. about that game at the end as well. Let's go. Yes, we will. Let's go. All right. So I'm going to just quickly say something about the Patriots, which is going to lead me into this game that we clearly know I'm going to talk about. Um, so... I saw the Dolphins put up 36. I saw the Dolphins put up 70. Patriots helping 25. Just wanted to say that. But, yeah, speaking of, I just watched the NFL team put up 70. 
not trying to score late in the game, might I add. They didn't throw it often. They, were they running, threw it like once. Running the clock? They just they just kept running. That they, they just oh, kept man. running. Steven Raboyne on the sideline just was like, you know what? We're gonna <laughs> run. Raheem Mostert got back to San Fran. Uh, NFC Championship game against the Packers. I brought that up. Austin still has nightmares about that game where he went over 200. Uh, Shane thought this was high school. He went off. They did this without Jalen Waddle, and Tyree Kill wasn't even crazy. Like, Tyree Kill, obviously, we watched him get 200 in the first quarter. Like, he wasn't even crazy. Like, obviously, he played a good game. I think he had like a buck 50. Tua wasn't even crazy. He threw for more yards in week one. Like right. if, there was if someone nothing, told you they if someone told you seventy points on. was dropped, you'd say Oh no, I was just gonna say if someone told you seventy points was dropped, you'd say how many yards, how many touchdowns did Tyreek have? That'd be my first question, mm-hmm. you know, aside from Tua. Yeah. But yeah, no, Tua Tyreek didn't even have a dominating game. Go ahead, go ahead. They didn't have didn't have a dominating game, didn't have Waddle. If you would have said a team this year dropped seventy, I would have said the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Chiefs. And either way, I would have said the quarterback goes for 500. Their best receiver has two. Their best catcher, because Travis Kelsey is a tight end, has 203 tubs, at least. I would have said 350. They ran for 350. All over. To a Magic Johnson, Tonka Valoa. <laughs> that no look like was the show, so looked like Showtime. That was a beautiful no look. I like replayed that. It looks like Showtime. Times. That was such a sweet no look. <laughs> this is exactly probably what the Lakers something. felt in 85 or 86, 87. Like this is. <laughs> oh, boy. I got to say this. I mean, stop talking I gotta about this. I got to say this. Go on. Nathaniel go on. Hackett, I'll talk about the Broncos Nathaniel... afterwards. You guys talk. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's exactly where I was going. Nathaniel Hackett is one of the worst head coaches we've seen in the NFL. Uh, he did an absolutely mm-hmm. terrible job. He was ill-equipped to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not even sure if he's a good coordinator, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's a conversation for another day. But same with McDaniel's, if you want to talk about that too. But that's another conversation for another day. That's that's exactly the conversation. These, if you're a real quick, if you're a coordinator of Brady, Manning, or Rogers, and then to some degree maybe Mahomes. How much how much do you do to a point? Young in the career, sure, but once they're that guy, how much do you really do? Right? That's that's my question. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, 70 points. I don't care if Champagne's a Hall of Fame coach. Like I would strongly, and this is just me, and maybe this is a good thing why I don't run any team, but I would strongly consider firing my coach. If he gave up 70, I don't care if it's week three. I don't care if it's week two. I don't care if it's no, week one would be like your only saving grace. There is no reason for that. There is no reason for that. I'm watching the Patriots game and I see in the third quarter that the Dolphins just got their 49th point with plenty of time in the game. And at that point, I'm like, cool. I'm saying to myself, cool. That'll be so cool if the Dolphins get 60 points. Like that would be dope. That would be funny. That would be hilarious in itself. And they end with 70 points. How do you give up 70 in a non-Madden NFL game? In a non-week, early week college game when you're facing scrubs as a major program? Like, I never thought I would see it. And it, this was, look, the Broncos are bad. And, you know, we kind of talked about Russ last week. None of this has to do with Russ. I, like, almost feel bad for Russ now. They're having Hackett, now having Sean Payton, who apparently cannot motivate the D. 
defense enough. I don't even know what to think of it. Uh, I feel sincerely bad for Broncos fans. But, Tim, go ahead. Tim, please talk before I do again. Um, I got I got three things to say. Um, Nathaniel Hackett might have been a terrible coach, but he never let up 70. Didn't let up 60. Didn't let he up 50. 100. Uh, <laughs> 100%. Um, second thing, someone's lying. getting fired. Defensive coordinator, somebody on this team has to get fired. It literally might be their coach. I don't know. But somebody is not going to be a Broncos coach next week. Um, there was another thing I was going to say, and now I've totally blanked on it. Keenan, go ahead, and I'll I'll jump back in if I need to. But well, since you blanked, hold on, oh, Keenan, before boy. you go, I just want to say you're good, Sean Payton. This is the last thing I saw before I came in to record. Actually, was Sean Payton said nobody's getting fired on the staff, which is that seems questionable. But go ahead. That is weird. That's strange. I've I've remembered the worst. Go on, Timmy. Um, if so, Marvin Mims had that ninety-nine yard kick return touchdown, right? That wasn't an mm-hmm. offensive touchdown. That was a special teams mm-hmm. touchdown. The backups uh-huh. for the Dolphins outscored the starters for the Broncos. The backup quarterback came in and manufactured an offense that scored more points in one quarter than the Broncos did in the entire game. Oh, man. This guy, Sean Payton, he's getting his Hall of Fame card revoked for one day. One day, he can get it back tomorrow. Like when Pippen said that, said stuff about Jordan, he could get out of Chicago lore for a day or a week, whatever. His Hall of Fame coach is one day. You said last year, you said, worst coaching job ever, worst coaching job ever. In that hackett. He didn't do that. That never happened. The the, the problem with the Broncos last year was they couldn't score enough. The defense was fine. They returned the pretty much the same defense. Like this isn't crazy. The Dolphins had the same like 49. Cool. 56. Cool. I get it. I've seen that before. 70? When is that happened? 66 or something along those lines? What are we doing? I can't even I can't even be mean to Russ right now. Like, I mean, he can go score more points than 20 or technically more points than 13. Like he has the ability to go put the ball in the end zone himself. But again, he wasn't scoring 70. There's no way that's happening. Sean Payton, your defense is not your strong suit. We know that. But still, you gotta manifest something. Like what what is going on? I'm so I feel so bad for Broncos guys, but at the same time I couldn't care less. I don't know why the Broncos to me have always been a team where I'm just eh on them. Always have been. Like Champ Bailey used to wear his jersey when I used to do my singing, but other than that, like <laughs> other than that, this Broncos team they're the travesty. Hopefully, I hope they get the number one pick. I want to know what they would do with that. Actually, I don't. I think it like number two, just so they can't get Caleb Williams. <laughs> but go on, Kyle. I have a question, and then I have two comments now. Originally, it was one. Uh, Tim, if you need clarification, Keenan once at a talent show was wearing a Champ Bailey jersey, but was singing "Green Day, Wake Me Up When September Ends." It's my favorite wow. fact to yeah. tell about Keenan. <laughs> I need that video. I, I still don't know why either. Yeah, right. We do need the video. We do need the video. That's that's very true. 
we still don't know why it happened, but it happened. Uh, my other, <laughs> my other comment, my other comment. This pissed me off. Uh, Mike McDaniel was praised for not going for the NFL record for points, and I'm like, why the fuck would Ridiculous. you get praised for that? If you give up seventy, you deserve to get 80, 90, 95, mm-hmm. like anything past. I mean, 45 is abysmal in an NFL game. Anything past that, you deserve every score put on your head. So for them to kneel and for people in the media to actually praise that, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, true story. Yeah. True story, real quick, just to relate it. Respond to that. Uh, when I was back in my coaching days, I was coaching girls junior high basketball. We got blown out by a team, absolutely blown out. And then in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter, they started doing like five passes before you score. And uh, I said to the coach after the game, I was like, if that ever happens again where my team puts in that shitty of an effort, I was like, put up 150 on us. I don't care. I was like, don't ever, (laughs) don't pass it around on us. Max it out on us. Like, I don't even, I don't care. So that's how I feel about it, especially in professional sports. Like, that's, that shit's ridiculous. My question though, Keenan, you mentioned Sean Payton, his Hall of Fame candidacy, and we talked. Go ahead. Do you have something to say real quick? All I was going to say to your point was 100% agree. These are grown professionals getting paid millions of dollars. Like when the Thunder last year lost, got blown, or they blew, I think they got blown out. Or was it last year or two years ago? Whenever it was, when the Thunder lost by the record margin. (sighs) Blow them out. Like if you can put up 100, put up 100. You know why? Because it's really cool. If you were like, yeah. Put them to bed. If you could say, "Hey, I'm part of the, I'm part of the team with the greatest offensive game ever," that's a pretty cool thing. Tua's like, "Yeah, I quarterback the team with the most points ever in a game. No one else can say that." It's a pretty cool thing. Like when NBA players want to get to that 50 mark or get to the 60, 70 mark, whatever, like the tens, because that obviously matters. Go for it. I don't really care. Or when people late in game, like. Say Steph has 47, he wants to get to 50 with 30 seconds left. He puts up a three and makes it. Play defense. If you didn't want him to shoot it, play defense. You guys sucked. You let him get 50. You let him get 70 points. <laughs> Might as well be 100 in an NFL game. Go on, ask your question. Broncos suck. <laughs> I agree. Take the Broncos to the vets and just put them down. Put them to sleep. It's the end for the Broncos <laughs> in that case. But. We've talked a lot about, like, we talked about Sean Payton as a Hall of Fame coach. Then, of course, this happens. But then I I saw somewhere someone mentioned it, and I did my research, and I'm like, there's something there. This person that made this statement is correct. Like, there's something here, and I'm going to present it to the both of you. Uh, Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton's resumes are not that far off, and the way we view Sean Payton is vastly different than we view Mike McCarthy. And if you go look at their career wins right now, it's like it's within 20. It might even be within like 10. Like I don't I looked last night. I don't remember, but it's not far off the wins and losses. And uh, I'd forgotten Mike McCarthy is from the Farv era. So he bridged the Farv era into the Rogers era and was there, you know, up until what, about four seasons ago. So he was there quite a long time. Really only had, I think, yep. two bad seasons, maybe. Um, but it's true. Injury we do based, view Sean Payton. What's up? Um, Aaron Rodgers got injured in one of those seasons. They went like six and ten, and he missed like nine games. So yeah, they were going to be bad that sure. year too. 
Sure. Sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, we don't have to have a huge discussion about it, but I thought it was interesting. You guys can look on your own time, but I mean, I do think it's interesting how we view Sean Payton to Mike McCarthy. I mean, I can even attest to that. I've shit on Mike McCarthy before. I'm one of these guys who thinks Sean Payton was amazing in New Orleans, but you know, Mike McCarthy, you can make a solid argument that his resume is even better. And his two seasons outside of the Dak season in Dallas, that 2020 season, uh, 12 and five each year after that. So, um, Timmy, you respond to that because I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on that after. Um, I would agree that they are like. I was also under the impression that they were like pretty similar, especially on like wins. Um, and then like mm-hmm. they each have a Super Bowl. Um, actually, does Peyton have a Super Bowl? Yeah, he's got a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's 2009. Um, the only thing is I'm mainly shitting on Mike McCarthy because he's a Cowboys coach. Um, and his tenure with the Cowboys, he has done some pretty stupid stuff um, to cost them their seasons. Um, and like we don't yesterday. really see that. Exactly. And we didn't really see that a lot with, with Sean Payton. Um, at least it wasn't like as bad. Um, yeah, that, that, that's fair. I feel like sometimes like, uh, and obviously some of this is media narrative too, because you go off what you hear. So like when the media narrative about someone is they're great and then the other person's that they're not great, you're kind of, kind of almost get that in your head until you look at it yourself. And with Mike McCarthy, I mean, both of them had a top know. seven all-time quarterback. Top seven. Because I go Wonka. I'll let you talk before I go. I was going to say, I don't know if Mike McCarthy. I don't, I've never heard the media really be either way about McCarthy, whether it's great. I think he's always been in the middle. If anything, I think he's been overshadowed. Me personally, even when he was in Green Bay, I used to be like, this guy's overrated. You know, I used to be that way as a fan. But that was, that was when I used to be on, you know, the Brady corner heavy and Rodgers was coming up on that corner. Oh, too, yeah, I hated so. Rodgers. There's a little bit of that there. Um, <laughs> See, as of yeah, late, exactly. Kyle, he's been more so. As of late, he's been more so McCarthy in that like bad, in that belt bad Cowboys room. He's style. really he's really kind of a fifty fifty guy. Yeah, Cowboys makes sense. He was really a fifty fifty guy. Um, so they both had an all time great quarterback. One Drew Brees, one Aaron Rodgers. They've both been in a situation where they both had terrible defenses. Except for a couple of years, which they each won a Super Bowl when they had pretty good defenses, but otherwise they had bad, bad defenses. Both of them, statistically, it matches up and everything. One was seven and nine. One made the playoffs every year. So it really, it either comes down to how you feel about Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy, or how you can look at Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees different, because it, the defenses were both bad during the same time. I'll and push back they, on that the a little Packers bit. The, were getting t- the Packer, Packers always had some Pack- playmakers on. They had, they had Hall of Famers there. They had Peppers. They had Clay Matthews. I mean, it's the numbers you AJ put Hawk, out, too. Charles Woodson. Uh, they had a lot of playmakers, and they had ability to get stops. It wasn't like – it was not as bad as New Orleans in their prime, where it was literally Drew Brees and everybody, let's go Let's go track mute them. Uh, you know, Packers were a little bit bend but don't break-ish. They had a well-known who they had. They had yeah. Dom Capers as their DC. They they had it wasn't all time bad there. They at least had playmakers. It wasn't all time bad. No, stops. but I mean you had Malcolm Jenkins, Cameron Jordan, Jonathan Vilma, Tracy Porter. Like they didn't have bad personnel per se in New Orleans always. 
Like their no, but they didn't have the playmakers was, the Packers had. Packers had true playmakers, not as impact players on their defense. Yeah, I mean their defense underperformed then because they did have some playmakers, but their defense say. underperformed. But it's fair to say. But I was just saying, statistically, their numbers were pretty similar throughout all of those years. So, but you, you can't go fifteen Sean, the and Sean one with Payton a bad defense. And, what? I would say you can't go fifteen. Well, yeah, and one I mean they went defense though. No, I mean the Saints did go thirteen and three a few years during that, like behind the midst of that stretch too. So I mean, you wouldn't say you go thirteen and three with a bad defense either. Well, so Vikings proved they're that really last year. if you compare. Yeah, but I mean the difference between two games, I wouldn't say makes you have a good defense to bad defense. I don't think that. It's, I don't it's think very hard to win fifteen you have a bad games. Defense, but f- it's very hard to win fifteen games to bad defense. But we're digressing here. We got to move on to these other games because this first Monday Monday night game is starting very soon. Yeah. Okay. Um. Sorry. The Broncos pissed me off. Um. I think we can all agree the Broncos honestly, are tridash. Yeah. Um. Timmy, do you want uh, next game? Timmy, what do you want to bring up? We don't have to go through every one of them. Just any any points of note that you want, because I have one more I really want to bring up. Oh, okay. Um. Go ahead. Last week I had said that none of the rookie QBs were like that guy. Um. I had said that a little prematurely. I saw that the Texans lost, but I didn't realize that C.J. Stroud actually played a really good game. Mm-hmm. And C.J. Stroud is that guy. I, I think he... That's where I was going next. Yeah, I think he actually looks really good. Their offense doesn't have a lot of, like, star power at all. It's all young guys or, like, people that, you know, didn't land on other teams. And he just keeps playing really well. I think he has, like, 120 pass attempts without a pick. Um, so, he, he for a rookie, that's, like, pretty pretty phenomenal so i think he's the dude um before the draft happened i thought he was the best quarterback um the score and then the preseason and everything kind of like took him away but i think he's that guy and i think they gotta they gotta steal at the second pick there kyle you go on next and i'll finish up talking about the old texas only real only thing i really have to say is the jags are on fraud alert for me early on here they didn't, as I said last week, they didn't look great against the Colts. They did not look great, obviously, against the Chiefs, uh, especially this offense. Like, they just, I don't know. There's way too much talent there for them to not at least be competing in these games. Like, they were down by two touchdowns a lot of yesterday. Uh, the defense the defense held up. Like, this offense is where you got to have the questions. Uh, I get it. Trevor Lawrence Everybody said he's the greatest quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, basically. And uh, I don't some know. Said Andrew Manning. Luck. Mm-hmm. Some, some usurped <laughs> Luck and said Manning, too. And that's as, insane. That's, in, that, that's insane to me. And I think Lawrence has been good. Like, obviously, he made it to the playoffs last year. But I don't see all of that yet. I really don't. Um, and that's just where I'm at. And it's still very early. And the Jags started off shaky last year. Uh, but, man, this offense just looks pretty flaccid, to say the least. And I would just like to see more. Uh, and this was everybody's darling before the season. Some even having him in the AFC Championship game. Some even saying Trevor Lawrence MVP. I could never go that, that far. And this is why. I just don't see the consistency yet out of them. They're still very much a young team. But again, it's early in that AFC South is, you know, it's very putrid right now. 
It, it is, but it's not. It's more competitive than I thought it was going to be. Like the Colts look better than I thought. The Texans look Texans look as good as I thought they were going to because I I had I didn't think they were going to be like a above 500 team at all, but I thought they were going to be in games. Obviously, as I said, I was big on the Texans defense because I think they have young pieces. And then the Titans obviously are just well coached. So this this division as like subpar as it is, it's better than I thought it was going to be because I really thought the Colts weren't going to be good at all. But again, coaching really matters. And the point that I was going to bring up earlier that Timmy made is they got him from the Eagles, like coaches from the Eagles, the great. It shows how we'll see if the Eagles can get back to the promised land and win. Cause if not, they might've missed an opportunity losing last year because if we're seeing them have two coaches who are doing very successful already, plus you have the, all that together, the talent was there at an extremely high level at every level and they just missed it. And obviously it was a pass interference that I didn't think was a pass interference. I wouldn't have called it, but again, they did call it. You kick the field goal, the Chiefs win, whatever it goes. You can't change it now, but it's going to be interesting to see moving forward because that Eagles team, the more when you break it down, they were loaded and they're still loaded, but they were even more loaded because when you have great coaches like that too, like when you look down coaching staffs and you see all these great coaches on them, plus you already had, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the Eagles moving forward. But, yeah, the AFC South is interesting. It's interesting, but it's it's interesting for – I mean, it's – look, no it's matter what. Interesting. It's interesting. It's subpar. It's just like it's the NFC South, really. The NFC and the AFC South are both in the same boat. But, like, yeah, it just – it could be better. That's all. But I'm not still – I oh, still yeah. think the Colts – I still think the Colts will be the seller of that. Like, I don't – it looks okay now. We just don't really know what it'll look like in the end. And honestly, the Ravens should have won that game. Uh, there was an obvious PI call on a play mm-hmm. that would have continued the game. Um, and I thought the Ravens in general outplayed them. They were playing in a tropical storm, much like the Jets and Pats game was. So it was weather. Uh, but the game really should have been over after that Minshew safety. I don't really know how the fuck the Colts really won that game. I really don't. But... You know, they came out with the win. Minshew did play well. I mean, he played okay. He did what he had to do. Um, yeah, and it's still – I mean, we brought this up last week, and I'll get back to it. I'll bring it up later with a couple other points, but I just can't believe how many of these teams do not have a serviceable backup. Like, Minshew is a perfect backup. Mm-hmm. I don't know why all teams don't have at least that level of backup, you know? Someone who can come in, run your offense, and just – no, he's not as talented as your number one guy, but he can run the offense and – get the ball to open receivers. Uh, I don't think that's much to ask, but we can move on the from only, that though. Only, unless you guys only still reason why I think people South. South. No, I was going to say the only reason why I could think it is if people are really worried about their quarterbacks, like if they're worried that their quarterbacks going to get upstaged by their backups, but that makes no sense. Obviously if you have faith in your quarterback. So I, again, Kyle, we talked about this last week. I do not have any understanding as to why you wouldn't have, a good backup. Matt, I'll just add Jets this right, right now. now with a good backup. We're going. No, yeah, I was just gonna. I was gonna say it later, but I'll just add it right now. I looked last night, went to 2013, and went to the list of quarterbacks. And I was being nice last week when I said like, "Oh, I think there was more quality." It's astounding how much quality there was. Like when you get to the 28th quarterback and you think they're better than some of these top 14, top 12 guys, it's. Mm-hmm. 
I was surprised by it. Uh, I'll let you guys look it up yourselves, but even, there was guys 32 deep that I was like, okay, he would be starting for a lot of teams right now if he was in the league, like the Sam Bradford types. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. No, there was a not just not just a bit more quality, a lot more quality 10 years ago at the position, and I was shocked to see that, honestly. There was a lot of names I left out last week. Yeah. Fun but fact we're for staying uh, people to look that Go up. Ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I was just saying a fun fact for people to look that up and see. For sure. Uh, let's keep actually AFC South and talk about Titans and Browns, though, because uh, Deshaun surprised the shit out of me. Uh, he did have that play where he threw the ball backwards and they recovered it. That looked insane. <laughs> but aside from that, that's the, that's the best he's looked since since he's came back. That's Easy. by far the best he's looked. Easy. And he had his rough moments. But, I mean, he took control of that game. And they took a touchdown away from him with Amari Cooper on the sideline there. So he really should have yeah. had three touchdowns instead of two. Uh, but he was kind of dealing a little bit. And I, he looked anything but that the week before on Monday night versus Steelers. So it was a shock to me to see him out there doing that. I mean, you know, that makes you think if they had Chubb and he's playing like that, what could that be? You mm-hmm. know, and even still, they look – Titans have a good defense. Titans are a well-coached team, and they kind of put them away. And that Browns defense is, again, no fucking joke at yeah. all. At all. Timmy, you go on. Um, Amari Cooper wasn't even close to being out. That line judge is <laughs> blind. He was looking oh right God. at it from a foot away from him, and he was six inches inbounds. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. I don't um, understand it. If the Browns defense keeps playing like this, they might be a contender. And if Deshaun keeps playing like this, they might be a contender. But they got to stay hot. This happens a lot. The Browns will start hot, and then they just get cold, and then their defense, mm-hmm. you know. They've got stars. They can make plays on defense. It's just they need to stay hot. And if they do, I think they're a playoff team. I think they'll squeak right in. So, Titans only had 94 total yards yesterday. Yeah. And three points. <laughs> points. That, that's the thing that's tough. The about, opposite of the Miami yeah. Dolphins. That's the thing that's tough about the Titans is they're often they're so well coached, but they don't have talent. Like, if Vrabel could just be on a few of these other teams, they would be so well off. But there's like, like, could you imagine even, I understand that like Mike McCarthy's not a bad coach, but Vrabel on that team, like the mistakes would go. The clock management would go. Like, like those problems should probably leave. Like, it's just like. No, they he, would. They the, would absolutely the, not you be think he's, just, like, he's a top seven coach in the league. But he happens to have a ta- a worse seven roster in the league, but he still makes them competitive. It's Derrick Henry, Jeffrey Simmons, a couple other people on defense. Obviously, now they got DeAndre Hopkins, and they just find a way to be in games. Obviously, they got they got beat badly by the Browns, so this is not the week to be saying it. But regardless, Vrabel has a very very good coach. I mean, they were the one seed a few years back, which there's there were no business being the one seed, but they were the one seed. I mean, they. They won big games. They played hard. It's what they do. So Vrabel is a coach that like you won't you don't see it often. But if you could trade for a coach, I would look into trading for Vrabel if I'm a team that has talent. I really would. Broncos. Like the Chargers. If I'm the Chargers, I'm, I would give up a first for <laughs> Vrabel. That's the difference between a Super Bowl and not. I may just be me. Talk but... about Chargers Vikings while we're at it. Yeah. The, the... We're, while we're talking about dumbass coaches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want. Bef- I literally go on. I literally look. I said last week when we we're picking games, I'm like, 
this Chargers Vikings game is going to be fucking stupid. It's going to be the dumbest thing you've ever seen. It's going to be chaotic, but it's going to be a fun game to watch. Yep. That's exactly what the hell it was. By the way, Chargers lost Mike Williams in that game. Yeah. Seems like that happens every season. Keenan Allen's a problem. Sucks for him because he was playing well. Um, but what a chaotic ending to that game where it's like fourth and one on our own 23. Let's go for it. <laughs> like that's that's the kind of shit that got me like pulling my hair out. I don't even care about the Chargers. And that shit would have me pulling my hair out. Like, who is this guy? Why does he still have a job? Like, what? How? And I still pick them. I picked him to win coach of the year. I picked them to <laughs> the Chiefs this year in the AFC West. And there he was actively like, yeah, no, let's try to lose this game. Like, let's do it. Let's do it, guys. And he did. They get stopped. By the way, Herbert, he can run a little bit. Let's get him rolling out. Nah, nah, nah. Let's do a fullback dive. Let's do it. Let's take it straight out of 1982 to a fullback dive and see what we can do. Vikings get it. Vikings get a first down. They're in business. They got 40 seconds left. Cousins, who say what you want about Cousins, he's a professional quarterback. Yep. Knows to spike the ball there. Even if he doesn't spike the ball, they could have got a playoff at least 15 seconds earlier. Nope, they rush it to the line. They wait as long as they can. About 18 seconds to get a playoff, and Cousins throws a pick at the goal line. Uh, that was literally a battle for who could lose the game. That was insanity. It was chaotic. I don't expect anything to change for either one of those teams. It's going to continue to be chaotic. Weirdly, at 0-3, I don't think the Vikings are done. I think they got a lot of room in that division. Uh, I think the Lions are going to lose their share of games, and I think the Packers are going to lose their share of games, and I think the Vikings will be in it. Um, Chargers, of course, they're still going to be in it somehow, but Staley will find a way to try to make them not be in it. So interested to see how they move forward. They're used to being without Mike Williams. They still have Keenan Allen. They still have a lot of talent. They still have Eckler, obviously, once he comes back. So your guess is as good as mine on how the rest of the Chargers season goes, but that was peak Brandon Staley yesterday. I couldn't believe what I was watching, but at the same time, was not surprised at all. The Vikings need to just, in my personal opinion, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I didn't have them making the playoffs before the season. I now definitely don't have them making the playoffs. If they do, it's because the NFC bottom tier, like right after like your top two teams, I'm going to put the Cowboys in it for this week. They don't deserve they don't deserve it after what I just saw. Obviously, I think they're the third best team, but still. <clears throat> after Vikings that, have an upper echelon offense, though. That's where... That's the thing. They're always going to be in these games. They are. And that's why last year they won like 11 games by like, I think three points, like deciding like they were able to do that, which obviously that was going to regress to the mean and that 11 was going to become five and that 13 and three teams or 13 and four was going to become like an eight and nine team. But I don't think they're definitely playing harder, but like, I also feel if they lose a couple more games, like it's time to get, like a new quarterback there and it's not because and it's not because i think Kirk cousins is bad by any means i wrote down this vikings team reminds me of the blazers team from a couple years back they had dame they had cj mccollum they had a good nucleus after they lost to the warriors they got swept in a fought, hard fought series that one game game four went to overtime i believe but they got swept Steph outclassed them. The Warriors outclassed them. I was like, that was easily their peak. They need to break it up. I thought they needed to break it up a couple of years before that, but they got it to it. I just think the Vikings, you need to retool after some point. I don't think this team has like a Super Bowl 
ceiling. I think this team has a divisional round ceiling, and I just feel at some point it's a Kirk Cousins thing. I think he needs to be on a perfect team for him to win. I do think he can win a Super Bowl. Like Jared Goff, obviously they lost to the Patriots 13-3, to but Jared Goff made plays, a few plays down the stretch, even though obviously the Nicole Roby Coleman happened. But in overtime, Breeze did throw a pick. Jared Goff did make plays to get him in field goal range. Like on a team like that, Kirk Cousins could shine. I just think that he needs to find a team like that, and the Vikings are not it because he needs the defense there. Offensively, they have weapons galore. Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne, uh, TJ Hawkinson, Alexander Madison's been amped, but that's just my thoughts. They're like the Blazers to me, and I think that they should break it up. Like get Kirk out of it. I know he has a no trade clause. I think his contract's up at the end of the season, but I would break it up if I could. I believe they just extended him. Did they just extend him? I think him? they gave him like a two-year extension. Just for Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. Um, got to get rid of him. They got to find a way to get rid of him. I, like, uh, if they get, if they can get a top five pick. Exactly. As I completely agree. If they're able to trade him, he would make a lot of teams contenders just by upgrading quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, the no trade clause. And then he's also one of those quarterbacks that just wants the money. So it's a big deal, you know, trading away 40 million dollars you know who's gonna take it um i think both of these teams though i know the chargers losing mike williams they said it's season ending so he's he's out um yeah but both these teams can like they can hang with most teams but they're probably gonna Mm -hmm. lose and it was funny that these two teams had to come together to play on week three because one of them (laughs) had to lose um unless they tied yeah i could have seen that i totally could have it would have been funny um yeah playing against i was playing against their hardest they did. They really did. <laughs> Playing against Ira this week, he had um, Kirk Cousins and TJ Hawkinson. Wasn't really involved throughout most of the game, but in the fourth quarter, he started just getting catches, especially on that last drive there. And yep. the pass that was intercepted was intended for him. So when I saw that it was intended for TJ Hawkinson, my heart sank. I just thought it meant got a touchdown. He gets the stack, gets a nice like, 13, 14 points. That would have really ended me. But nope, yeah. picked, loved it, loved to see it, minus two points, best thing that could have happened. Um, I totally agree. I don't think the Vikings are going to win many games, and their defense is just so bad that it's going to be really bad. So I, I do think they, they need to move Kirk to a better situation. If Play out these next couple weeks, but if you get to a point let me. I'm gonna look at their schedule real quick. If you get to a point where you're looking at like one and six, two and seven kind of thing, because I mean, next week they have the Panthers. That's a winnable game, but they also could lose it. Then they got the Chiefs. Then they got the Bears. So they should come out of that two and four. Then they got the 49ers, the Packers, the Saint, or the Falcons, the Saints. That may be one and three. So at three and seven, at four and six, at worst, in my opinion, I think it's more three and seven. I mean, I guess, I mean, obviously you're going to be fighting for that, but every one of those bottom tier teams that we thought are fighting minus the bears who look like they just said, Hey, we want the one pick. But other than that, like every other team seems to be fighting. Like Cardinals are fighting. Colts are fighting. Like all these other teams are. So I think they could be in the running for that. But we'll see. I think, just to respond to that, I think it's slightly yeah. overreactionary with the Vikings. I don't think they'll be able to trade Cousins this year. Like, I know 
not saying you guys are saying that, but there's a lot of people saying like, could the Jets get Kirk Cousins? Could any team hop on the Cousins they thing this year? Money. Right. <laughs> like it's like NFL trades. I don't even. They're so much more complicated than NBA trades, like as far as like mm-hmm. finances yeah. go and shit like that. So like he's finishing mm-hmm. out the season with the Vikings, right? Oh, yeah. So they got Jefferson. They've got a legit offense like they can move the ball on anybody. They're going to be in all these games. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. these Lions and these Packers games are going to be coin flips. You can book them for two wins against the Bears. I really think they're going to be in the mix down the stretch. Not saying they're a contender, but they're in the mix. And you say he needs a perfect team to compete for a Super Bowl. If they could draft and trade and sign at a quality for defense, this could be a different team next year. I mean, that's looking way ahead, but I mean, this is kind of a perfect situation for Kirk Cousins. He's in a dome. He's got Justin Jefferson. He's got options all over on that offense. Like they can, so long as they get defense, they've got a good coordinator in Brian Flores. They get more pieces on defense. This could be something. It's just a matter of how much time does Kirk really have left. He's, got to be mid 30s at least so you know whatever but i mean i don't think it's over for this team by any stretch the nfc north is like i like the packers to win it but you can like when they play the lions this year that could very well be a 45 42 type of game coin flip game yeah you know what i mean so that's just i think their season is going to be very much a roller coaster i don't think it's over by any stretch it's it's not technically over. Like if I had to forecast something, I think it's over. Like it's not a like the Bears season's over. They can pack it up. Yeah. They're done. The they're Bears, not doing. Bears season was over before we. Died. But like the Bears season is over. They can pack it up. But like the Vikings, I don't feel like that at all. If you just were to say, "Hey, Keenan, do you think the Vikings are making the playoffs or not?" I'd be like, "I don't think they're making the playoffs." One, they put themselves in a bad hole. Two, I just don't think their defense can get stops when they need to. But. Uh, more so what I mean by Kirk Cousins, like this is an ideal situation for him, but sometimes you just need a new venue. Like obviously you see it with coaches all the time. Sometimes your voice gets a little worn out in the locker room. You just need a new venue, new, new place to kind of re-up yourself. I don't think he's bad by any means. And two, I just don't think they have the defense and I just don't see them getting the defense. They've Cause this offense has been great, good to great for the last few years. I mean, like Case Keenum, and they got to a um, an NFC Championship game, and the defense was fine, like good for like a two year stretch, and then it just because they're all old. It can flip just like that. Though, and in the again, NFL. you're right, and it can flip just like that. And maybe in 15 months, we're looking back. I'm looking at like next year, and I'm like, oh man, this Vikings defense is actually looking nice, and obviously the offense has pieces on it too. So we'll see. But in my personal opinion, it kind of feels like Dame on the Blazers. Uh, Dame, uh, like the Blazers team more, so not just Dame. But they had their run. I feel like they just needed a little change-up. And I feel like the Blazers did it too late and kind of ruined their time with Dame, and now they're just rebuilt in full rebuild mode. I would agree with you if the NFC North was anything like the Western Conference in the NBA. Uh, I think there's too much. Like, I think it's a coin flip. I mean, if the Vikings could have won their first three games now, they were in all three of those. They go two and one, you know, I mean, I don't think we're saying the same thing. And, you know, there's just a lot that can happen in the NFL. I think there's a lot of season left. So like you said, in the Bears case or other teams case, yeah, you can write them off at 0-2, 0-3. I just don't think the Vikings are one of those teams yet. Fair enough. Um, so uh, does anyone have any other teams, games, points that they want to bring up? 
not specifically. I mean, I have a point for every game, but there's not any that I. Yeah, I was gonna say I have more. I have. I could talk about any game, but I didn't know if anyone had any pressing points. Kyle, did you have any pressing points you wanted to speak on? I've got more, but we can talk about those next, uh, on Thursday, actually. We do our picks because we can kind of yeah. relate it back. Um, really, what I want to talk about, uh, this is the question I had earlier. Tim mm-hmm. kind of made me question it yesterday. Like we were talking about it because he, he hit me saying, this is it. This is the demise of the Cowboys. Like it starts now. And I was I was texting pissed off about having the Cowboys in the teaser. And I called him a poverty franchise half jokingly. Yep. Then I was thinking about it. I got to thinking about it because he was like, man, if you said that to a Cowboys fan, like they'd, they'd have a fit about it. You know what I mean? Like they'd be pissed. They'd be tight. Then I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, it's been since the mid-90s. Yes, they spend money. Yes, they try to compete. But as we say, everything's like they find a way to lose. They've like, they kind of, am I wrong here for saying they kind of border on a poverty franchise? Like they've had the success that the Browns and the Lions never had. But, and yeah, I mean, we're coming up on 30 years here for them. Am I wrong for saying they could be a poverty franchise? So here's the thing. Yes and no. You because of what they've done in the past and the allure and what they've had, they can't be poverty in like like if in the grand scheme of the NFL, because obviously you can't tell the NFL story. Like you could just take the line I mean, technically every players, obviously Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson matter, but you could take the Lions out of the NFL story and you can tell the same story. Like you can't take the Cowboys out of the NFL story and say tell the same story. So I think that in that regard, like they can't just be known as poverty. I think I can make I, the but same obviously argument about a the Browns, really nice play. Yeah, so the Browns were very yeah, relevant okay. in the eighties and, and before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and see the harder thing about the Browns is like that you're thinking Jim Brown and like these are players that we really never saw and when the Browns were pretty cool. Like obviously they were okay, like they were but they weren't the Browns Browns. They were that was the sixties. And so, like, the Cowboys, I mean, you can still think, oh, I hear Troy Aikman on games. Oh, I see Michael Irvin now on Undisputed. Oh, I like, oh, these players. So, like, I guess, but when it comes to the that like, the 21st century, you can, if you were to just say, hey, here, are, here is this team, no, no label on it, you'd be like, they're not great. They're not great. <laughs> like, well, it's the not, Packers it's not have no- had more success. The Saints have had more. It's not so much about success. It's about, you know, poverty franchise, being with the Lions, the Browns, where, like, like the Lions. You mentioned Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders. They're two of the pl- greatest players to ever play this game, and they're the only two players I can think of that were that phenomenal that both retired after 10 seasons. Like, that would only happen mm-hmm. to the Lions. Uh, the Browns, their franchise moved. They brought them back. Uh, all the times they lost in the 80s when they had, like, a real team and real contenders, they lost in heartbreaking ways. And that's becoming the Cowboys. Like, they're, they're very much the Knicks of the of the NFL. Like, the Knicks and Cowboys are very synonymous. Knicks ain't won in 50 years. That's the difference. It's coming up on 30 for the Cowboys. Knicks ain't won in 50. The Knicks are very much a poverty franchise in the NBA, even though they're the the franchise with the most worth, which is exactly where the Cowboys are. They're the most – what do you call it? There's – the franchise that's worth the most in the entire 
across the four major sports, I believe. I think it's the Cowboys number one. Pretty sure all sports. Um, mm-hmm. But they haven't. Yeah. 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 They haven't done shit in 30 years, though, as far as real winning. And on top of that, the losing mm-hmm. is constantly embarrassing. So that's that's where the poverty franchise comes in. If it was just losing, uh, I will say they're at least making the playoffs, whereas the Lions and Browns, it's literally you'll go droughts without it, which did happen at the beginning of this century, uh, beginning of the millennium. The Cowboys were perennial losers, and they've kind of turned it around since the mid-2000s. But yep. since then, it's always an embarrassing loss, whether it's Romo, whether it's Dak. It's been 15 years of embarrassing losses. So that's where the... I think they're right in the middle there. They're competitive enough, but the way they lose constantly tortures the fans. Uh, Timmy, what do you think? I think if you're asking, are the Cowboys a poverty franchise throughout every year of the NFL, you got to say no. Um, But if you're saying since the year 2000, if that's what we're going to call it, and just say even wherever they marked their last 95, 96, um, if we're just putting it right there, yeah, I think they're probably a poverty franchise. They might be a contender every year, but then one thing goes wrong and they win six games. And it happens quite often. I don't know. They must have had like half of these seasons in the last 25 years be losing seasons. So I would say that they're a poverty franchise. They look okay because they can compete and they can get to the playoffs, but they're never going to go anywhere farther than that. So I don't know if I could even call them a contender which is what you would need to be at least one year um, to not be a poverty franchise. They haven't seen it. They haven't seen the championship game. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing about it. That makes it even worse. Like you can go through the jets. Haven't won since Joe Namath. They've at least been to two AFC championship games in that stand. Like the jets have still very if you're just poverty. going off of wins and losses like the jets are you could argue they have more success i think the cowboys have a better regular season record but again they didn't see a championship game the jets have seen two your goals to win a super bowl who cares about what you do in the regular season so like if you going through all of these teams and i know like obviously like the franchise itself is more so what you're talking about as a poverty franchise but you would compare it to the rest of the league there might be seven teams that are on the level of the Cowboys and we could name them and they're bad. Like I'm going just mentally going through everybody in the NFC South has been to a Super Bowl or one, one NFC North, the Vikings got to a conference championship game. The lions are the lions. The Packers have won one. The bears have been to one. The Bears, uh, West, Bears are bordering on a poverty franchise as well. Bears oh, are a poverty yeah. franchise alert oh, if they're not already there. Oh God, yeah, but they, I but they I do yeah, want to say this. Yeah. I do want to say this though, to flip it back, the Vikings, they've I don't think they've been to a Super Bowl or if they have, it's been like thirty years. They haven't. They've never been. They've they haven't lot, been in forever. I think they. I think they were in the seventies, maybe. Either way. Yeah, yeah, they've like, experienced some... in forever because like Chris Carter and Randy Moss like famously never got to one. They got to a couple championship games, but they never got to one. Well, so right, so they were fifteen and one, lost a heartbreaker in like ninety eight, ninety nine, something yep. like that. Um, so the Vikings have had terrible losses, but they're always got like fun teams. So they're like, they're also a poverty franchise, but are they really? Because they've always like every decade. You can point to them being successful. They never really had droughts. They just lose in terrible fashion. 
So they're one who would have more of a case than the Cowboys, but the Cowboys have performed like such a Browns, Lions, Jets team these last 20 years. Trying to be competitive, that's a difference. They actually try to be competitive, but they just lose terribly bad. So like the Vikings are one that I struggle with because I think, and same with the Falcons. Falcons have lost in terrible ways, but can we really call them a poverty franchise? Like it's, some of those are borderline. So I would say the most borderline for me would be the Vikings, Falcons, and the Cowboys because the Jets are true poverty. Yeah. The Lions are true poverty. The Browns are true poverty. Like, yeah, there's a sum you can't argue with. But it's in the funny, the funny thing is, you say they're true poverty, but you, I could make an argument that they've been more successful, which is the crazy thing about it. Like, the the Lions or the Browns? Obviously, no, no, no. You said the Jets. No, the Jets, yeah, but they're. You said that. I mean, they got they got Zach Wilson out there right now, and they're trying to say that they're going to win. I'm not even disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you, but again, two AFC championship games to zero NFC championship games. I could still try to make the argument, right. but like the right. thing, but that's in a two year window the, and they so that, done that's, shit before or since. Hey, Hey, that's two more years than the doubt than Cowboys have. And I know you're not trying to argue really for them. My point is saying that you're, I don't even disagree that you're saying the jets are a poverty franchise and the Cowboys still arguably have had less success than the jets. So like, that is that's where it comes in with the Jets is they are not the Jets sorry the Cowboys is I really can point to every team but the Browns Lions and Texans and I could probably try to make a case for all of these teams have been more successful in one way shape or form unless I'm leaving out a team uh, the Commanders in that in t- time span would be the other are, team that Commanders definitely I'm forgetting poverty one, franchise. But. Oh, yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, those four, the Texans, Lions, Browns, and Commanders, all have been. Other than that, like, I could make you an argument that they've been as successful as the Cowboys. I don't know if I can say Texans just because they haven't been around long enough. And anytime they are, it's always like, oh, they're fun. Oh, they got J.J. Watt, they got Andre Johnson, they got Arian Foster. Like, they were never a true contender, and they've never, like, I couldn't give you the most heartbreaking loss other than the time they showed up to uh, Gillette with them varsity jackets and the Pats spanked them bum asses. So, like, that's all. That's the only time I can think. Like, that's still embarrassing to think. They were up. They were up, I think, 21 to 0 against the Chiefs, and by halftime, they were down in the division. That one. That would be their almost heartbreaking loss. But even then, No, I'm just saying, but they haven't been in a situation other than that, really. Like, that's the thing about them. They, I mean... If you don't have the chance, would you be a poverty franchise? There's so many layers to it. Like, you got to be – I don't think they've had terrible luck. I think, like – No, they've just been bad. Like the, <laughs> but even, bad. like, I don't think they've been bad. They've had, like – they had those runs with J.J. Watt. They were in the playoffs every year. They just weren't as good as the Colts or the Broncos or the Pats or the Ravens. They were just, like, always fourth yep. or fifth tier. But Dallas has been more successful than them. I mean, if you're going off of that, I mean, obviously you're going to Dallas's stature. So like Texans, as we Texans talked much about last though. week, Zach Wilson's more disappointing than or Zach Wilson, Jamarcus Russell are more disappointing than fourth round quarterbacks who don't really go and do much. But like, and that they're bad. Don't get me wrong, but it's just because of the fact that they're higher. Like you expect more out of them because it's America's team. It's a star, it's a silver and blue, it's all of this stuff, the legends and blah, 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 and then they don't produce. It's different because the Texans haven't done anything. They haven't well, done Texans have only thing. been around. Texans have only been around for 20 years, too. 
think this yeah, is Yeah, I mean, we're going from the 21st, 21st century. So, I mean, they've been around pretty much the entire century. So, that's why I'm, you're True. comparing them. They've been bad. They're bad, but, but I wouldn't call them poverty yet. Cowboys, I was just broaching the question. Like, do they do they fall under that category? I'm not sure. But I don't think it's... Uh, I don't think you'd be wrong if you said yes. I don't think you'd be wrong if you said no either. You know, I think you've got a strong case on both sides. I think there's a handful of cowboy fans that I know that would say they're a poverty franchise. I think so. There's a handful of uh, cowboys fans that would tell me they're a poverty franchise one week and tell me that they're a superstar franchise the next week. So it really just depends. Like right now, I could ask Ira they're a poverty franchise. If I would have asked him after week two, he probably would have said that they are – like this is like this is yeah you can't call them a poverty <laughs> franchise but and then this week happens and they're like they're of course they're a poverty franchise this is gonna happen every year blah 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 yeah so. and I don't think it's gonna happen but say they blow out the Patriots next week Micah like has a pick six it's like oh, they throw him back in coverage <laughs> look yeah. at what we're doing now <laughs> they just they just took the Cardinals lightly we're good <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> all right we've seen this movie before. I think they're bordering. I think they're almost in Nick's territory. And I think, let's say, another five seasons of this, I think they're absolutely in Nick's territory, especially if it's we're contending and we don't get it done. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I think they're right there. I think they're right on the border. I think you give them another three to five yeah. years, especially five. I'll say five. Five seasons of this, and we can officially call them the Knicks. Like, they're without a doubt. The Knicks and Cowboys are without a doubt synonymous, but they're going to be in Nick's territory in five years. Yeah, no, I, that's hilarious. If they, if they don't um, get one thing, Yeah. One thing I did want to say that I'm going to, I'm just alluding to it now. I was going through, because I was, obviously I made the top 32 quarterbacks list. I'm going to revise that halfway through the season, obviously with new information, new lists come about. So I'm interested to, I'm going to revise that. I'm going to release that before week nine. Um, Going and I still can't believe you have Kyler week. Murray at 10. Listen, Kyler's probably going to drop now, but that's fine. Uh, Kyler, Kyler's like, just talented. Kyler's just talented. That's the thing about him. I guess that's why I, I... I guess when I was going through it mentally, I was in the... He is talented enough to be top 10 because, like, he is. Like, he is I, more talented than Dak is. But again, when it, it, there's more to being just a quarterback than just being talented because if that was the case, Zach Wilson would be able to play the position. But, um, And then I'm going to also do – I had to put together – I never released it because like, I just hadn't got the graphic or fully put it together. I had a top 30 wide receiver list, but I'm actually at the same time I'm going to put out a top 30 wide receiver list as well. So, cool. And then basketball-wise, I might – I think I'm probably obviously going to keep what I had at the end of the season. I'll see if I need to change anything, but probably going to the season, I'll do that as well because God, do I love lists and doesn't it get the people talking? Let me ask you both. That's this. all I have. And Kyle, you go. Yeah. Let me ask you both this. We meet back up next Monday. We're going to review week four. Uh, give me one prediction you guys have right now on this Monday. Like, what do you think? What do you think we're talking about next Monday? What do you think one of the headlines is going to be? I got to look at the games. A Monday morning. Do it without even looking at the games. Next week. Oh. Um, without even looking at the next games. Next week, without without looking at the games, I kind of already 
gone through. Hold up. Hold up. I think I don't... next Monday, the Jets will have signed another quarterback. Mm, good one. Do you it might be Carson Wentz. Just... I'm saying like Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, could be any of these guys that were like playing last year that are no longer not even in backup roles. They need somebody. It can't be Zach Wilson for the next 13 games. So It's reported that they turned Wentz and Matt Ryan down. They both reached out to the franchise and they turned them down, which I think is it's something. And uh, Salah Salah's probably not going to have a job after this season if he sticks to Zach Wilson this much. That's fair. Yeah. That's a fair point. Very much so. 12 and 25 lifetime so. for Salah, by the way. Oh man. Um I got two. For I'll go say one now. Have Kyle, you say one, I'll say my second one. The first one I'm saying the Cowboys are in turmoil. Dallas is a, a flame. It's like everything's gone up in awry in Dallas. I uh, thought Kyle, about that one. one. I thought about that one. That'd have been low hanging fruit. Um I actually don't have one. <laughs> I just wanted to pose the question. Uh, that would have been the one I chose, though. Again, that would have been low-hanging fruit, and it's the Pats, you know. Oh. I will say this. And go, I this have one more afterwards to... once, you, once you're done. Sure, yeah. No, this will just be um, – I just think this Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing, I think it's all a PR stunt. I don't believe anything about it. Uh, I think yesterday was the first time they ever met. That's my opinion, and she that's was, all I got for right she now. She was walking in the tunnel with them. They're together. They're a thing. It looked it looked very much like it looked I think it looked staged. I think all this shit is staged. I do. I think that's very much a PR Hollywood relationship that both of them are gonna benefit from. Travis Kelsey badly wants to be famous. Hey, you know, that's fair. But I also I don't think it's a PR thing. I think they can be I think uh, uh I mean Travis Kelsey, I think it's probably with Taylor, but that's all right. She's one of the Swifties now. <laughs> but all right, so I, I know I might have looked at the schedule like for two seconds. I had one already, but now I have two. So um, one is the Dolphins are the team. Will be one. There will be another one, and the Bengals are just fine. Is the second. I was thinking that's, about that too. That's the last thing with the Bengals. Yeah. That's what I wanted to ask you. So, Tim, I want to hear your opinion on this game tonight. Who do you got, Rams or Bengals? I got Bengals. Um, I actually wrote down for my my game this week. I said bounce back game Bengals. I think this will be like okay. a kind of close game. It's Monday night, of course, prep time. But I think they're going to get this W. I think they're going to look like the Bengals offensively, even if Burrow does have a calf issue. That's pretty much what Keenan said, too. And the question I was going to ask you, mm-hmm. Keenan, was even though, like, I was perusing Twitter today, plenty of Bengals fans are just like, is Burrow even going to play? Bengals fans were hyped because they signed A.J. McCarron back to the practice squad on Saturday. Yes. So, like, Bengals fans are freaking out. Bengals fans are like, okay, if he goes, is he going to make it the whole game? This and that. I want to know, Keenan, mm-hmm. when all signs are pointing to not only could the Bengals lose this game, but, like, even if they win, it could be a very tough game. Why are you so confident in the Bengals, who, again, through two weeks have not looked 
contender-ish, have not looked even playoff-ish. What? Why are you so confident when Bengals fans are themselves like, uh, this might be it for us? Like, I saw someone write a, no matter what happens tonight, da-da-da, this is our quarterback. Like, they were talking like it's <laughs> over. So I want to know Getting why emotional. you were so confident. Because, Keaton, pa- because, fan. because fans are emotional. And they are. I'm, because fans... Because fans are absolutely emotional. Listen, I completely understand the emotional fan. Like week two, I went our week one, Eagles Patriots. It's sixteen nothing. I'm like, God, can we just tank for Caleb Williams already? By the end of the game, I'm like, Mac looked pretty good. <laughs> I'm good with it. But no, so I under I completely understand the fan thing. But why? Because Joe Burrow has never been afraid of a moment. This is a big game. This is a big game just for his team, obviously. It's a big game because it's on national television. It's the last game of the night. It is what the true Monday night game is at the primetime slot of Monday night if they start doing this two a week now, every week. But I think it's just regardless, this week. So Monday, this is the last one. I, I hope it's just last week and this week. But So he's in the true Monday night spotlight against a team he lost to in the Super Bowl. It's... Him and Jamar Chase have been friends for obviously for a while. They've had a connection for a while. Him and T. Higgins have built a great connection. They have Super Bowl aspirations. They know they've been there. They were in the AFC Championship game last year. I don't think 120 minutes of bad football is going to just determine who they are. I think Joe Burrow is, again, a top two quarterback in the league. I said top two player. I know you said Micah Parsons in passing, and I never commented on it because I really didn't hear it at the time. But I still, regardless, I think I would take, if we had a draft, Mahomes is one. I'm taking Burrow two over anyone in the league. That could be an argument for another day. But I, even if he's hurt, I have confidence that he's going to do well. I have confidence in Aaron Rodgers that they're going to do well when they need to. Brady, Mahomes, Manning, Monte, like all the great quarterbacks, even in spots where you really need them and they are him. I have confidence that they're going to win. And this is a spot, and I don't think the Rams are overwhelming. It's not like they're the 49ers, and you need – I think that a – I think that a very – I think that a very good – good to very good Burrow can win this game. I don't think he needs to be an all-time great Burrow. What and say that's you, where the though, like would come in. What say you to the fact that the coaches seem to want to hold him out of this game and he's choosing to play? So all what you said is very well and good, but – what say you to like, you know, he's doing a three to five step drop and that calf just doesn't feel the way it should. That can all matter. But I mean, you know, if it's a it, if it was like a hand injury or, you know, an offhand injury, that's one thing. But when you're planting back there and you got they do still got Aaron Donald. They still got a formidable defense better than it's shown to be better than oh, what yeah. we expected so far. And this line, this line hasn't been great. The run game hasn't been great for the Bengals. I I do think that obviously he knows his body better than anybody else knows his body. A doctor can tell him one thing obviously or whatnot, but I mean if he was that bad a week three game they would they would not be able they'd have to sit him out. If he's good enough Sounds to like be they able to. to play, obviously they but they as I say, they want obviously if Joe Burrow is eager to play but he really had a terrible injury, like he's He's going to have to sit. If it's that bad, he would sit. 
he lets me know that obviously he can gut through it and maybe and maybe afterwards we see that he really is on one leg and that he really shouldn't be playing and he's just trying he's showing heart and maybe we see that but with it only being week three with it being a I know it's a must-win game but obviously as Burrow said last year every single year I'm playing I have a chance to win that's so my championship window is my career him thinking that not that this is like the last hurrah of what this iteration of the team, I would think he would sit out if he couldn't play. We will soon find out. That's my personal opinion. It's also we week will. three. So if there's any time to sit out, it's right now. So that's what's making me believe he's at least 85, 90%. And if I get 90%, 85, 90% of Joe Burrow, I feel that they can win just about any game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just again the the people reporting wrong. on this game, like NFL reports, are, every talk has been like it's gonna be a game damn decision. Uh, coaches would like like basically like if they lose this game, that he is gonna sit. Like he's like it literally sounds like the season is tonight for them. That's what I don't know. You I know, just and if and if that is the case, and it's a cap I feel injury. a little more confident. I feel a little more confident. If they, if he's that determined to win the game and knows that it's that important, <laughs> then I, I feel I do feel confident. Keenan's like I just, negative press, not nah, even more confident. Well, I have well, I have faith in. They're just athletes. You have faith in like there's. I just have Joe Burrow's one of the athletes that you have faith in. I just, if he says something, he's cool. Like. LeBron, I mean, I'm saying all the greats, but obviously, like, even, I mean, there's a lot of athletes that if they say something, I'm going to have faith in it. Luca, he says something, I'm going to have faith in what Luca says. He's a great athlete, and that's a better comparison to someone like Joe Burrow. But I don't know if he, I don't know like if he if said Luca anything. Said, I don't know if Joe Burrow said anything. Him, Joe Burrow wanting and forcing his way to play is all he needs to say. That's it. That's saying, like, I need to play in this game. I'm going to play in this game. That's so saying ba- enough. So, Bengals win 30 to 10. Is that what you're saying? I already had a 28 to 23. I think it's going to be a tough game. But I was like, going to say, 28 23, it's going to be a very tough game. I don't think it's going to be easy at all. I think he's gonna, you're going to see early on how his legs feeling. He's going to try to probably get the ball out quick. Uh, Joe Mixon could be in play a lot today because I could see a lot of swing passes. Uh, I think it might be more of a Jamar Chase and a T Higgins game because Jamar has a quicker window to get open. He's had a better first step than T Higgins, but we'll see. And we'll see how it goes. Obviously it's going to really establish early with the run game. And then if they can get the ball and get out to a lead, it's going to change everything. Cause obviously if the Rams get up and he's going to have to drop back 45 times on the leg, it might be different than if he has to do it 27, but it's eight o'clock. We'll find out in a few minutes here. <laughs> we'll find out. I'm very, I mean, to say the least, we, we talked about it on two platforms last week. I'm very skeptical. I am very skeptical yeah. of tonight. And the reports, the reports are apparently making you more positive, even though they're saying, hey, he's more injured than what he's showing. <laughs> That's giving me awesome. more uh, like, yeah, they're going to lose. But yeah, like you said, we'll see. We'll be potting about it. And, uh, and maybe it's yeah. blind optimism, but you know what? I'm say I'll me and Sizzle will stay blind until it's true. <laughs> me and Sizzle will just stay blind, I guess. 
Oh man. Um, Any well, final thoughts? This was good. I got one final thought. Oh, oh, Tim. Nothing okay. to do with what you guys have been talking about. TJ Watt, greater sign, Micah Parsons. Oh, that's fine with it. That sounded real. I'm just saying. We no no no. <laughs> we had a lot of us had Micah as defensive player of the year, but I think TJ's off yeah. to a better start. I think he's going to sustain it. I think not seeing TJ Watt for a lot of the season last year um, kind of made us forget how dominant he is. He's a force, and I think he's going to probably be defensive player of the year this year just off of three games. Two games. That's that's you know that's fair. Right now he has six sacks yep. already this season. Yep, but. <laughs> like TJ Watt's a freak. Gonna, I mean, his, I thought you were gonna say TJ Watt. Great. I just thought he was gonna say TJ Watt. Greater sign. JJ Watt is what I thought he was going with there. Oh, I mean, you, I think you could make that argument in a couple years. Yeah, give him a little bit more time. I mean, he already should. I think he should have two defensive player of the years, and not only one right now. And he's be quite he's honest. tied the sack record. Like he's in the talks. He's gonna be a Hall of Famer. He's gonna be a great. So, yeah, I was going to say, obviously, we're Micah. Obviously, I think also because he's a cowboy and he's electric. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make it sound like he's not 13 sacks and then 13 and a half sacks is like fifth all time for the first two seasons. Number one was my guy, Alden Smith, who had 33. But then we know what happened to Alden Smith. But he was big time when he was in the league. But it's I know, like, obviously, we have a big craze around Micah because we see it as Again, it's electric, and you don't see the Steelers as much as you see the Cowboys. Obviously, the Steelers are still a premier franchise in the league, so you still see them. But TJ Watt, seven sacks, and then 13, 14 and a half, 15, 22 and a half, only five and a half last year because he was injured for most of the year, and then back to six. Like, he is a he is a monster. There is no reason why every day he's not on the field thinking he's the best uh, football player on the field like miles garrett's in that conversation where he should think that obviously micah aaron donald where i don't want to forget and make it seem like he hasn't he's not still the probably the greatest defensive player of our generation so did yeah, you i'm oh, sorry keep going yeah keep going no 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 you're good all i was gonna say was basically that i don't have a problem with that at all like, and obviously sometimes we just get caught up in like we get caught up in ourselves and sometimes we almost don't sit back and just think to ourselves like this is, this is sustained work that he's been putting in forever. Did you see has been great in the Colts Browns game or not Colts? Sorry. Titans Browns. Uh, there was a play where the Titans had two players who were just traveling to miles Garrett's side of the field. So right before the play snapped, Miles Garrett just ran to the other side of the field, and those two guys had to get up and go to the other side of the field. And then they got there, and he just ran back to the other side of the field. They got to delay a game on it because of it. They had no <laughs> idea what to that. do. That's it was so funny. He's just that running is back and I forth. I did not see that. That's pretty funny. That that's crazy. And he also say he's another person who is just like him being in Cleveland sometimes overshadows how great he is. Exactly. I was going to say the last five seasons been 10 plus sacks every season, like him being in Cleveland and not being on a winning team sometimes takes away from his greatness because obviously we talk about winning. We talk about everything about winning, but yeah. So I do, I do like that. I do like that. All right. Dope. 
Tim, come back on Thursday for the game picks. I know last week you had a birthday party, but if you want to join us Thursday. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it in my mind. I totally blanked, and then when you texted me, I had already committed, and I was like, oh, shit. But I'm totally down. Make some no game picks. I actually no I texted Kyle after I saw his picks, and I was like, you know, your Denver-Miami uh, pick was only off by, like, 40 points. That's pretty close. <laughs> Just missed it. Yeah, just, uh, just missed it. <laughs> Listen, this was oh, the man. Warner Brothers but podcast. The... Oh, my fault, mm-hmm. Keenan. My fault. Did you want to get something? No, you're good. You're good. Go. You sure? You sure? It's your moment. No, no. I was just about to say this was the Warner Brothers podcast. So you're good. <laughs> this was the Warner Brothers podcast. This was Kyle. This was Keenan. This was Tim. Uh, we will be back Thursday picking the week four games. Probably talking a little more about some of the games we skipped over today. Uh, Catch the Warner Brothers podcast on Live Take. Download the Live Take app. You'll see me and Keenan and maybe some friends debating basketball, football, and whatever else comes up. Maybe some UFC. Who knows? But certainly NBA, NFL. Might be five minutes, might be 10, might be more than that. So you want more Warner Brothers podcast content? Go to Live Take. Download the app. Follow, like, subscribe, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all that. We're out of here. Enjoy the games, fellas. Mm -hmm.